0: we welcome you to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. We Love Arabian Horses has a simple goal to promote the Arabian breed to those outside of our community. Moms, dads and kids of all ages. And of course, horse lovers from every walk of life. Thank you for listening. This episode of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast is sponsored by Markel. Markel is the insurance with horse sense. If you'd like to learn more, visit MarkelInsurance.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-L Insurance.com. And let them know we sent you.
1: This is Paul Costa with the We Love Raving Horses podcast, and I'm here today with Susan Chance. Howdy, Susan. How are you?
2: I'm well, Paul. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, we're excited to talk to you, and um, we are going to talk to you about two things. Susan, uh, for those of you that don't know, is uh, based out of Um, Texas, and she runs a foundation called the Friends of Vale Foundation, and we're going to talk about that, but Susie, I'd like to first start with you and how you first found your passion for Arabian horses. Like, when did that happen?
2: Well, when I was a young child, um, my cousins in Michigan actually had um, horses and showed um, on a 4-H level, and um, I'd gone to visit them at their barn where they rode in Holland, Michigan, and there was a little half Arabian, half quarter horse mare and, uh, I fell in love with her and of course begged my parents for a horse and went home. And on my eighth birthday, a two horse trailer pulled into our driveway and they unloaded her name was Nikki, Nikki from the trailer, my little half Arabian, half quarter horse pony. And that was my introduction into the Arabian. I showed her in 4 H and. Um, fell in love with it, and that led us to buy another half Arabian um, uh, Pinto that I then went on to show on the uh, Class A circuit. And from there, we just went on to hire a trainer, and uh, Tom Tyson ended up ultimately being our trainer, and we bought and bred several Arabians after that, and it's just been our passion ever since.
1: Well, that's fantastic. So you showed throughout your your life, you didn't take a break off for college or something. I did not. I showed all through college, yes. Wow. Well, my mom said I couldn't do that, so lucky you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I'm not sure my daughter will either, so <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't put that on.
1: <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about kind of your adult amateur showing career. You showed a lot. Y'all moved and brought, bought a farm in Texas, and now you here live in Texas. Tell us a little bit about how you got from where you were then to now.
2: Yes, so in Indiana, we started a training business called Morning Mist, and um, we hired a few small trainers and then realized if we wanted to be competitive, we needed a trainer that would help us be competitive, and so we hired Tom Tyson, who uh, trained for us, and we started breeding a few horses and dabbling in that a little bit, and we kind of fell upon a few really um, cheap, but ended up being nice show horses, and in fact, my first Top 10 Western Pleasure and US, or Canadian National Champion Western Pleasure horses. And so we were in Indiana, and it was a limiting uh, climate for having a training barn. A lot of the winter months were slow, so my family started looking at investment properties and kind of targeted Pilot Point, Texas. And so they uh, purchased a farm here in Texas, and we decided to relocate here and moved our horses and um opened up a training business and hired some other trainers, Kim Potts and Kathleen uh Stevens over the years, Juan Bonilla, who's been here for twenty-five years now. Um, and so uh we really started our breeding program. We bought um some saddlebred mares through Gordon Potts and Mike Wheelahan and had a very successful breeding program at that time. It was called Venture Farms and we had many national champions come out of our breeding program in fact we just sent a third generation of our breeding out to uh, california for training this week which is always kind of fun and um so we we had a fairly
1: large training breeding operation for many many years here and i showed so remind me um i don't mean to interrupt you but remind i was part of your guys when we were helping you guys set that up and what when you bought that property and I think we the first we hired was K- uh, Carol Stolman and Tom Tyson yep. and Kim Potts. We're all part of your original team. I mean, you came down here yep. and built something big right from the get-go. What year was that?
2: Uh, it was 1995 when we bought the property. And gotcha. we moved down that fall. Tom was there, and you and Carol came on immediately. And then Kim came into the picture shortly after it seemed like. It was a few months into it. And yep. – um. Kim was looking for a place to relocate her business, and she kind of fit right in with our group,
1: and um,
2: man, it, it got big really fast.
1: Well, and one thing I want to touch on, um, just as a side note, I remember when the farm was open and the launch and that big party, if I recall correctly, I mean, I think we had two or three hundred people show up at that party, and it was just such a great way to promote the Arabian and welcome people to who we were, because Pilot Point was not an Arabian community at that time. It's much more that way now, but it was so heavy quarter horses, we were kind of weird. To, you know. To, you know what I mean?
2: Yes. And we did several of those. I remember the first party, it was in January because it was a beautiful December day here. And I remember we turned horses loose in that paddock and they trotted around. And, you know, people hadn't seen Arabians like that before in this area. And, you know, it became a thing where every year we would have, we called it the blue jean ball, and we would have a presentation of horses. And, you know, there is nothing cooler than having a horse ridden in, you know, at night with the lights and the music and, or turned loose. And I think people were just amazed. They still talk about those Arabians, how beautiful they were and how, you know, athletic they were. And it really was a great way to showcase all the different types as well, Western and English and Hunter and Halter. And it was really a cool thing.
1: Well, it was, and I know that y'all have done those consistently throughout the years, um and it, it it's so important and especially in a community where it's such a heavy horse community already but not with this breed specific and it's kind of funny over the years there's many more arabian farms that are located now near where venture farms is that's so, correct yep you know it, it's it's a catalyst it starts building a community that then grows so that's fantastic well tell yes. us about where you are now and where you are today and what you're doing
2: well, we still own the property here. We have since changed the business name because it has changed. Um, we we sort of closed our public training for a while. Um, when I had my children, it was a lot to manage and um, it just came where I wanted to be a mom more than I wanted to breed, you know, 15 horses a year and, and deal with all that. So we kept Juan on as our personal trainer and kind of shut down the public side for a while, and um we really focused on my girls, and um I showed for a while until they got to the age where um I married Chad Chance, who we've been married for 10 years now, and when the girls were little, we started taking them to open shows. They didn't even go Class A right away. We got a few nice Arabians from Drew Cedarberg, who I know you know, and she's been an Arabian enthusiast in her life, and she gave us some horses for them to start on, and we went to the little open show in McKinney, Texas, with the girls, and I will tell you, to this day, their favorite horse at the McKinney show, and you see every breed, Clydesdales, Gypsy yep. Banners, ponies. their favorite horse is the gray Arabian Tommy that Jade brings and shows at that show. Like, to this day, they love that horse. Everyone asks That's about amazing. Tommy such a good boy and and such an advocate for the Arabians. So we started that way with our girls because I started with 4-H and I feel like it's a fun way to start the day shows. It's fun. It's, you know, it's not a marathon. There's not so much pressure. You don't have to have all the show gear. And um, once we realized that they really fell in love with showing, then um, thankfully Chad and I had had some horses that we bred and, I actually had a mare that I was showing with Jonathan Ramsey at Tchaikovsky's, and this was in 20, I guess, 2016. I had a mare that I we had bred, and um, her full brother was the first $100,000 AEPA champion um, horse wow. in our breed, which is super cool. And I had sold him as a young horse and went on. Joe Kenarney bought him, and Joel Kiesner had him, and he won that class. And so this was a full sister, and so... We, Chad and I were like, we're going to take her to Scottsdale. I'm going to show her. We're going to sell her. We're going to make big money on her. You know, this is our plan. And so we went to Scottsdale and I showed her in the AEPA or the the Scottsdale signature class, the sure. amateur to ride. And she was champion, of course. And as we were walking back to the stall, Jonathan Ramsey, who was the trainer at the time, he told us, he said, I know you want to sell this mare and make big money. But he was like, I think this is Jade's walk trot horse for the year (laughs) and so anyway which was it was good and bad because you know if we had to buy her a horse like he said you're going to spend what you sell her for if you want to buy one she can win on so we kept her and the coolest part like to me the biggest win as a breeder in my entire life was jade went in and won the walk trot country at youth nationals on her our homebred you know um to me that's the biggest win as a breeder when you can breed yep. them and raise them and your kid can go national champion and she was only five the mayor was a junior horse but such a good-minded mare. and jonathan was right like and i mean it was the coolest thing and Vale jade's younger sister who was nine that year showed in the walk trot western on a horse that drew cedarburg had given us and she was top 10 and she was tiny Vale was a tiny little kid and we went home from the show, and Vail, man, all she wanted to do was write English like her sister after that. You know, I want to write English because, you know, Jade had been national champion. What a big deal, you know. Yeah. And so that's really what sparked the girls, you know, love was, I mean, who doesn't want to go to nationals their first year out and go national
1: champion? Right. But to
2: have it be on a horse that we bred that was a junior horse, I mean, it was the perfect story for the Arabian horse. It really was. Like, anybody could do it is what it felt like the American dream of a breeder.
1: You know, I think I want to point out, you know, you're you're not only three generations of a family, at least in the Arabian horse business, but you've run a major training operation. You've run the breeding operation. You've had this breeding um, program with winners, and now your daughter has won a national championship. I mean, there's just so many aspects of this story that I think are you know, elements of our industry, family, community, breeding, showing, winning, you know, competing, enjoying our horses. It's it's a pretty compelling, you know, example.
2: For sure. Yep. It's been a pretty awesome ride.
1: Yep. Well, listen, that brings us to kind of our second topic, and we want to talk about the Friends of Vale Foundation. So tell us a little bit about it and everything you'd like us to know so people know more about it and what you guys do.
2: Yep. So this nationals I'm talking about was youth nationals of 2016 so that ended about right now end of July 2016 and we came home from that show um like I said Jade was 11 um Vale was nine um we started the school year middle of August and one week into the school year um, Vale passed away suddenly in her sleep very unexpectedly um, it was August 31st, 2016, and so, um, of course, a huge shock to the community, to the horse world, everyone that, that knew her and loved her, and um, when she passed about a week afterwards and after the funeral, Chad um, and I decided to start a foundation in her honor because of her um, love for the Arabian horses, her love of reading, she wrote a lot of books. She is now a published author. Um, She was just a kid that loved life and loved Arabians and brought people together. And so we started this foundation in her honor. It's called Friends of Vale. Um, And so we started awarding scholarships at the um, Arabian horse shows. We started at Region 9 and Youth Nationals, um, giving out small scholarships because we just felt very strongly about promoting education. Um, Totally. Friends of Vale the mission is to um, inspire learning, to strengthen community, and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, um, one of the biggest things for her was learning. And she loved to learn. She loved to write. She loved to read. She was just fascinated with um, education. And so, that's really what the focus of um, our foundation is.
1: Well, that's fantastic, and what a great story and such a sad story, but it has such a nice ending. And I'm sure she's um, excited that her name continues today with this fantastic program to promote kids and education. For sure. Tell us a little bit about what, how people apply, or what is it? What do you do to go about getting um, interest um, options from the Vail Foundation?
2: Well, the the most exciting part about the way. The Friends of ale is set up when we set up our foundation it's very strict about how we select our scholarship or you know you can't even call it a scholarship because the kids don't apply what the kids have to do is what we do is they have to enter the horse show so we do scholarships at Scottsdale youth Nationals and sometimes we've done them at other shows but mostly those two big shows they enter the show and we randomly select classes that we are going to have an an award given in so we randomly draw the classes and then once we get to the show and we have the entries are closed we randomly draw a rider from the list there is no application they have to come they have to work hard they have to show up they have to show and we do not write their name on the check until the class is lined up so if they don't complete the class they don't receive the award they just have to put their foot in and try hard and show, and there they get their name in there.
1: I remember just, I think, a year or two ago, I was judging Scottsdale, and it happened to be out there during the class that this happened in, and it, that's exactly how it went, and it was so exciting. And you were really literally choosing a random winner for the scholarship. They didn't have to submit um, an application, and they didn't have to write an essay. This was such an interesting way you guys have come about doing this.
2: Right. And they don't have to win a class. Like they don't have to have to have the best horse. And it usually doesn't end up going to that kid. You know, usually it ends up going to the kid that needs it, you know, and that part I love about it because it is not our, it's really not our choice who gets it. God knows who gets it, who needs it. And that's how it's handled. And it's like, as long as they participate and they are in our breed and they love it, their name is in the hat.
1: So coming into this coming year, like 2023, what shows are you thinking about supporting?
2: Well, we will definitely, you know, Scottsdale only came about because we had someone in the Arabian horse industry that contacted us and said, listen, I have a fund that I am giving to charities. And she was like, I love what you're doing. And I want to fund the scholarships for Scottsdale. Will you do them at Scottsdale? And, you know, how do you say no to that? It's like, of course, you know, and it, and, you know, it's a wonderful thing. But Paul, as you can imagine, it's emotional. It's a lot of work. You know, we are chasing down kids where, you know, it's, it's just every time you go in the ring, her story's told again. And it's, you know, it's a lot, but when someone comes to you and says, I will give you all the money to do it. I will give you the money for advertising it, whatever you need. And it has been such a blessing. And so we do, as long as she wants to do Scottsdale every year, this donor, we do it every year because it just is such a great venue. And the Scottsdale Arabian Show, I'm going to put a little plug in for them. They have been the most supportive. They help give us anything we need. They tell us take the time we need. They have been so awesome to work with with the scholarships because it's just such a good thing. You know, it's just a good thing for the kids it's exciting when someone walks out with a check for fifteen hundred dollars it's exciting you know oh, that's going to
1: get and, it you know Scott Steele is such a supportive organization the show but also the Arabian horse association of arizona with so many of these programs and i think that's fantastic so do you all do one class there or do you do more we have done as many as four or five classes there okay um
2: what we found over the years because we show and chad works he's a lot of times Um, one of the farriers at the shows, and then, of course, Jade shows and I show, we've realized that fewer scholarships with bigger amounts have been more effective for the kids. So we've been doing like three three $1,500 scholarships out there, and um, it's really been a great amount. Like, it really does impact a kid. When they get $1,500, you know, it makes a difference. So, um, and they can use it for any educational activity we've had kids use them for camps for um, tutoring for college admission you know all all different things but so Scottsdale has become one of our big places and then we also have done scholarships at Region 9 when COVID hit it kind of stopped that for a little while and we're going to hopefully you know bring that back because that is where Vail She won the Walk Trot Western at Region 9 the year she passed away. And and you know how competitive the Western is at Region 9. Like, that was the win of her life other than her top ten at youth nationals. And so our hearts, um, you know, really in Region 9 there for that um, class. I'm hoping maybe this next year we can start that back up. And then we've done some at the Texarkana. The Arkansas All-Arabian Club has been super supportive. Um, Chelsea and Jeremy Harper are big supporters of Friends of Ale. We've done scholarships at their show in Texarkana. And then Youth Nationals is, of course, our biggest. We do two senior scholarships on senior night, and then we give random scholarships throughout the week there. And this year, was our first year to give the scholarship in Ty Wallace's memory at Youth Nationals, and that was a $3,000 scholarship this year.
1: Well, that's an impressive lineup, and I know you're going to continue doing more over time, if you can, um, and continue running this um, program. It's fantastic. I really want to, you know, shout out to you and your family and Chad for building this. Um, If people want to learn about it, what is your um, web address and what is an email address? So
2: our website is com and it's um, V-A-I-L, spelled like um, the town in Colorado, com. and she also, we have also published her first book. It's called Veil's Tales, and it's available on Amazon. Um, you can buy it through our website or barnesandnoble.com, and then her second book is being published. It's in the process right now. COVID really slowed it down, but... Um, her second book will be out soon, and that's been something we've also um, awarded to lead line writers, and um, they're fantastic books. I mean, Vale was quite a writer, and that's, that was her dream, t- was to be an author. And so she was actually a number one seller on Amazon the year her first book came out.
1: Hmm. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, yep. uh, that's kind of more than fantastic. That's extraordinary that, that she was writing these books at such a young age. And those books are yes. also listed. Uh, is there information about them on the Friends of Vail, um website? Yes. Yep. Okay. They're,
2: it's on there, and they can click a link and buy them through there also. So.
1: Okay. And I think that it's part of the Friends of vale Foundation, so proceeds go to support that?
2: Um. Actually, we've kept it separate. the The reason being is because of our daughter, Jade. And we don't ever want her to feel, when we're gone, that she has to continue the Friends of Vale. Um, But the books will be forever. And so, but we do, Friends of Vale does give Vale's books out to kids. Like, it's kind of part of it, but we keep it separate financially so that someday, you know, for Jade to take over the Friends of Vale is an extremely emotional project where the the books will be forever. And so, um, it's separate, but we, we still give them. And, you know, that's something we'll always have Bale's books with us at horse shows. They'll go to lead line kids. Like, for example, Dennis and Linda Clark, whom I know you know real well. They have sponsored the books to be given at region nine for the lead line kids and they love them. I mean, it's just really a cool thing, but, um,
0: that's that fantastic. part of the book.
2: Yep, that part of the book, it's, it's not a huge money maker. It's It was her dream, and it's sharing the written word with, with other kids and inspiring them to read and write. And to me, it's like, I don't even care if I lose money on it. It's
1: something I'm going to do for her. You <laughs> no, know what that's I'm strange. saying? No, I get it. So. Well, this is all fantastic. I really appreciate your time. And having personally been involved with you and your family, in the Texas operation and knowing you for so many years, it's an honor to have you on the podcast and thank you so much for supporting everything that we do too.
2: Well, I'm happy to, and I sure appreciate you contacting me and anything else in the future or I'm on board.
0: Hey, this is Austin director of the, we love Arabian horses podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to share ideas, feedback, or want to get involved, send me an email. At Austin at We Love